0: Hey guys, it is Whatsoever's True. I'm your host, Jason Coral, again, the author and uh, well chatty fellow. And we're jumping right into this. Are Christians intolerant? That's a big charge against us that we're intolerant when we say that something's wrong or something's unbiblical, immoral, or what have you. So we're gonna get into that. Are Christians intolerant and are we are we being too bossy? Well, first before I hit it, I will say this if you haven't been over to the website go check it out the blog whatsoever true.com and lots of stuff on there that uh you know a lot of reading material on there and obviously i i put probably more <laughs> more stuff on a blog than your average bear uh, you know some of some of them are pretty long and 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 cover a bunch of ground but hopefully that'll be a blessing to you check it out uh, as for a subject right now the, the subject comes up because the the Forces of secular humanism come up against Christians and say, when you say something's a sin, that is offensive. You need to stop doing that. Well, here's what's fascinating about that is there is always a little bit of truth to it in a case where I think that we can can understand how the devil will use this against us. There certainly are some Christians who are just objectionable. They're rude and they have not been nice. They haven't been very mature or they, they weren't real Christians. You know, they'd be very legalistic and they don't have an understanding of the biblical basis of salvation, which is by grace and God's work, not our own work. And so a self-righteous Christian, I've said it before, I will say it again, a self-righteous Christian is a contradiction in terms because to be a Christian, you're admitting that you don't have your own righteousness. You have it from God. So a condescending, smug, holier-than-thou type Christian is a contradiction in terms they're either a very immature Christian that you're dealing with or they're not a Christian now that's that's impossible to say at this point but I have met some people over the years that I discovered later you know they were rather intolerable types of people that were you know just yeah I say holier than now I would I would agree with that myself and and I was a Christian and it didn't improve with me Right. Because they're just constantly looking for things to be uh, in, in, in disagreement with. Well, that is an interesting thing, because I think when people then say, oh, well, Christians are intolerant, then a lot of Christians sort of run for the hills because they have that image in their mind. They don't want to be that person. So therefore, they somewhat lay down their sword, the word of God, and stop engaging the culture. Because they're afraid of being told that they're being intolerant, they're, they're meddling. Don't push your religion down my throat. Well, let's get into that. As I said, I, I, just, I just answered the, the charge that, yes, some professing Christians, and sometimes sincerely, they're just wrong, have been holier than now, self-righteous, and they're looking to be disagreeable, and they're constantly looking to pip, pip, peck and pick and poke at people. And that is not actual Christianity. And, and the reason for that is because, once again, real Christians are convicted of their own sin. And so I look at my my life, and it's very easy for me to see, obviously it's so easier for all of us to see the sin in somebody else. But the more mature you become in Christianity, the more you're worried that your sin is going to impact, negatively that is, the people around you and your family. That's a really good sign of Christian growth. And you pray more to the Lord helps you deal with your sin, and helps you to live wisely, then then, it, then, you would be worried about everybody else. Secondly, the more mature you become in Christ, you get something, and and this is an area that I really want, I, I really ought to do another podcast on, it, but suffice it to say here, as a writer, I always try and avoid vague words. And if somebody says, well, a thingamajig, or those kind of shenanigans, or things like that, specifically that are catch-all phrases that that aren't very well identified as a writer i find that to be lazy <clears throat> and i really try to discipline my mind not to do that Donald on great barnhouse in one of his sermons on romans points that out he does the same thing and well yet the bible uses things of a spirit you know the things of the spirit and the things of the flesh and it uses the word things quite a bit well obviously the holy spirit is not being lazy (laughs) what it's really getting at is a wonderful wealth of diversity in the christian life and no one really knows what we're supposed to do in christ necessarily as as a as a one-size-fits-all monolithic this is what everybody does in christ and i think that's one of the, the dangers for people that they go well i guess as a christian i have to do x in other words you look at people going to church and you go well that must be what being a christian is no No, known thousand times no being a christian is believing in jesus christ and the things of his spirit well what what do you love i know some guys i i know one guy he loves motorcycles and he's always riding motorcycles in the mountains i see him posting on social media photos and in the mountains on his rides well what a great way to glorify god and enjoy his creation Right? I mean, should he be doing something else with his time? I have no idea. And, and <laughs> if I think he does, I just need to shut up about it. Or go, go to him and say, hey, you know, what are you doing? If he's unemployed and he's driving around on someone else's money, well, yeah, I suppose that would be a sin. And that would be an unfortunate. Maybe this is a short period of his life. I don't know. There's a lot of variables. The Bible is, is not clear on that. That's what I mean in terms of things. Should, should I be writing as much as I do in my blog? Should I be doing this podcast? all of us, I have enough trouble in my own life, daily going, should I be doing this, or should I be doing that? I have enough trouble with myself, and that's really between me and the Lord. Who am I to to criticize the servant of another? Right? Romans 14. So, whatever is not a faith is sin. And I think that that is an area where a lot of self-righteous condemnation and strife can be easily put to rest. If we all remember as Christians that Sometimes our own motives are mysteries to us, so we should be very careful about trying to divine the motive of somebody else. How many times do you catch yourself talking about somebody else, or maybe you, you hear someone else saying it, and, they, and they, one of us will pontificate or offer up what we believe to be the other person's motive when we really don't know? That's very, very uh, dangerous ground for us to be on, and it's very unbiblical. We need to be very careful with it, and, and, and that's unloving. We always would like to try and ascribe to the other person the best motive possible because that's certainly what we want them to do for us, right? So in love, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, that's the Christian ethic. And when we do see sin, open sin, that's when we get to, or well, we can judge that open sin. Now, if you come to me and say, um, <clears throat> can I have, Jason, let's just say you come to me. Say, Jason, I've got a question for you. Yeah, well, go ahead. Should I have an affair on my wife? Should I cheat on her? Well, you know that's an obvious big fat no. Okay, um, you know how many times should you guys be having relations every week and it's all that? Well, none of my business, and that that's that's none of my business. And and the Bible the Bible doesn't say anything about it. So right, the Bible gives me principles for my own marriage, and I have trouble living up to those all the time. You know, my wife my wife could probably. Could probably confirm that for you, <laughs> but but seriously, the if you come and say, well, should I beat my children? Uh No, right? If you, you, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church, self-sacrificially. Uh, fathers, don't <clears throat> frustrate and exasperate your children. Right, bring them up in the in the fear of the Lord. Lead them, lead them. Give me your heart, son. Right, Proverbs, an entire book written for that. There's there's no. There's no, oh, I'm going to beat them and abuse them and, and, and be a tyrant in the home. That's clearly unbiblical. I think Mark Twain had a joke, at least it's attributed to him, that he said, it's not the obscure passages of scripture that vex us, that vex me. It's the all too clear ones. Well, bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse, right? Rejoice in suffering and pray for your enemies man, that's hard. It's really hard. And, but that's a clear biblical mandate. That doesn't mean I can't respond when somebody says something that's a lie about me or a slander or something wrong about my positions. I do respond, you know, up to the point where it's, it's, it's at least edifying, right? But it's very hard not to slander back. That's very, very clear. So my point would, in terms of being judgmental, is well, there's a biblical way of looking at this, a biblical way of living. <clears throat> if I was training you to fight, you wanted to come to me and say, hey, say I want you to train me to box, and I go, okay, well, you're, dude, you're kinda out of shape, I need you to do some road work, and you know, take a run, and you're gonna go, what, running? Well, I'm on a box, I wanna run. Well, you gotta be in good shape. Ah, oh, well, that will make you more fit to box. Well, the same thing, the more we're in immersed in scripture, and immerse in the glories and excellencies of Christ, the less likelihood we're going to have these problems of people finding us very objectionable as people. Right? So if we're, and this goes back to it, if you're constantly obsessing over the sins and the peccadilloes and the, 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 the little things that come up with other people, especially if they're, they're little habits or the way they spend their time or anything like that, if that's bothering you a lot, I think the answer to this the answer to that little conundrum is for you to spend more time with Christ. Because the more that we're aware of Christ's righteousness, the more we're therefore aware of our need for His grace and mercy. And so, consequently, we'll be far less likely to see our brothers and sisters in a hypercritical spirit. Because that's really what we're talking about, a hypercritical spirit. We're not told to avoid judgment. We're always judging things. But we need to judge with righteous judgment, the rest of that scripture goes. So... Now, let's move on to should Christians be judging things like the breakdown of the family, abortion, uh, you know, homosexual marriage, or you can bring up any other subject. Of course, Christians should have a biblical opinion on any moral issue of the day. Period. We should. But it should be a biblical opinion. And then we should make sure we're very careful not to go past what the Bible says. So... For example, if someone says should the gov should there be a law against X? <clears> have <throat> um, gone on record and I've been rather shocking to some people in the church when they when I tell them that I don't think that drugs should be against the law. And and they're very shocked to hear me say that. And I say, Well, I think the civil message is authority from God to punish crime. But someone all sin is a not a crime but certainly all crime is a sin if you will but uh in other words if i if i sit around in my, my underwear and eat too much and watch netflix all day i think for me that's a sin i that that's me not doing anything productive but that's not a crime but the same token i i don't do drugs or really i don't drink alcohol but <clears throat> there's a difference between that and i think it would be a sin for me because it seems considering what i do for a living and and so forth for me to for me to be doing that, but that's me. That's the faith I have. I keep between me and me and the Lord. The one I'm sharing with you now, but but uh, that I have no right biblically to say that that you can't do that. Now, that's where it gets into the civil magistrate. I would say, well, I don't think the Bible gives me any authority to then advocate for the state to maybe like to arrest you and maybe kill you if you resist for doing something that I find unbiblical, I find sinful, and that in the case of you're uh, doing drugs. Now, if you commit a crime while you're under the influence, then I think you need to be punished and pun- punished severely. Right? Uh, I don't think that there's <clears throat> a... I think it's unbiblical to sit there and say that if we outlaw drug use, that people will think, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was against the law. I guess I won't do it. That, that really misunderstands what's wrong with mankind we're, we're 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 born in sin and sin comes alive when law hits it well that way I think the civil master should always have to be careful to not try and use force to make people good it should punish people for using force against others or fraud well okay so my point there I didn't mean to get off on a, that, that tangent but that's my opinion on the issue and I try to get that to gel with scripture. I don't see any scriptural mandate through which I should advocate for the government to incarcerate and maybe execute or use force against people that that don't do something that involved the violation of rights of another person. That doesn't mean I'm saying that it's not sinful. It just means that now we're talking about a different thing. Should it be judicial in society? Should it be against the law? Well, and we can have another debate on that. Um, the problem is, is that we set up opinions and we don't go, well, what, wait a minute, what does the scripture say? When we're dealing with moral issues, the, the criteria should always be, the standard should always be, well, what does the scripture say? And what happens, especially with, with people who are secular humanists, they go, oh, well, you can't bring that in because I don't agree with that. You can't bring the Bible in as a standard. And this is what I wanted to get to and kind of wrap this up with when they say, well, Christians are judgmental. Uh, the bottom line of that, I just dealt with it. If they're, if they're unbiblical with it, we need to stop doing that. But, but if we are biblical, people will then critique that and say, well, not everybody believes the Bible. As if now, because of that, that invalidates the opinion. But that is not a rebuttal. That, that in fact, is an arbitrary statement, which is not, like, as I said, is not an argument. So, if I say that there should be a death penalty because of X, Y, or Z in Scripture, because, of, again, Romans 13, because he doesn't bear the sword in vain. Uh, the sword clearly, the, the Lord doesn't give the civil message the sword to you know, do everybody's nails. He's doing it to execute people who are guilty of murder or rape or, or so forth. Well, so if someone comes and says, well, uh, I, don't believe in, I don't believe in the death penalty. And, and I say, well, it's biblical. And they go... Oh well, I don't believe in the Bible, and you, should, you can't bring the Bible into this conversation. Well, that's actually intolerance on their part. They're already they're claiming it's a, it's an immoral thing. You can't do something. Remember, ethics and morality has a force. It's an ought. You're not just saying something is. You're saying something ought to be. So therefore, you need to conform to that. Well, what's the standard they're using to arrive at that? If you follow where I'm going. So what i want to do is i want to try with this with this podcast episode to encourage you to think biblically and not be afraid of the criticism you're going to get because on the one hand as i said there are people out there who have done it and they've been overbearing and obnoxious well don't do that and and then and then understand why people have done that and why that's unbiblical and then and then live in the grace and the grandeur of the love of jesus christ and and so therefore you won't be obsessing about other people's sins you'll actually be be thinking, how can I serve this person? How can I build them up? That might mean you need to confront sin sometimes, but it'll be in the spirit of edification. It will be in the spirit of the glory of Christ, not to try to tear that person down. Here's a a point. If you're trying to win an argument because you want to win the argument, or you're trying to show somebody Christ and the excellency and the truth of Scripture, you're good to go. All right? And that will hem you in and keep you from kind of leaving the reservation, so to speak. But we're oftentimes intimidated by the thing, well, not everybody's a, a, a biblical-believing Christian, and so therefore that's somehow intolerant or unfair to bring in. That is called the myth of neutrality. And I want you to understand something that's very important. Greg Bonson teach taught this, is that when it comes to this, secular humanists, atheists, are not neutral, and neither should you be, Ever. They want you to lay the Bible down before you start talking about moral issues and political issues. What are they basing that on? In fact, when they say that, well, not everybody believes in the Bible. Okay, well, what do you believe in? Oh, well, I believe in, um, uh, well, you know, uh, (laughs) science or whatever they say. Well, you don't want to give them a grand exemption. They're arguing from a myth of neutrality. And you say, well, actually, the biblical principles give people the, the right in the Lord to disagree. We're all in sin, so therefore we have to be careful, we have to tread carefully, and we have to go back to say what the scriptures say. It is not arrogant to say, this is what the scripture says. It is actually arrogant to say, this is what I say. The Christian is saying, this is what the Lord says, not me. This is the Lord, to the best of my ability to understand this. And, and once again, most of his stuff is very, very clear. Now, we'll get to to one last thing with it, is that the the non-believer will will rail against that and say it's intolerant for you to say what the Lord says about something. But the very premise of intolerance is based on nothing. It's an arbitrary claim. If you don't believe in anything, what's the basis of intolerance? Why is intolerance wrong? You're intolerant of my point. Let me give you an example to close this up with. A lot of atheists will say, if a Christian says homosexuality is a sin, they'll say, well, that's just the way they are. And you can't criticize them from the way they are. That's bad of you. You follow that? That's the, they'll, they won't use the word sin. They'll use another word that's intolerant or whatever, 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 because they don't like the word sin. So they use another word. It's wrong. Okay. So they say it's wrong to criticize them because that's the way they are. Right. So they're that way. So I can't criticize it. Right. Well, that's the way I am. I like to be critical. But you can't criticize me for being critical because that's the way I am. If it's wrong to be critical of people who, who are just the way they are, then it's wrong for you to be critical of me being critical because that's just the way I am. See what I'm see what I'm doing? <laughs> what they're doing is they're being very arbitrary. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use their same standard and apply it to myself. Well, no, and they'll say, well, no, no, that's not the same thing. Well, you mean their choice of sexual preference is not simply an arbitrary thing. But my decision on that is, how do you what's by what standard do you judge it? And they go, well, they're compelled sexually. And well I'm compelled this way. You see, my point is is that without the word of the Lord being the standard for everything, nothing makes sense. And you end up in these type of complete absurdities. You know, you get to, I'll give you another one that that I've that I've always loved doing is that I was talking to somebody about they were very ad, adamant about global warming and that we're killing the planet and uh, we basically need to go into some kind of a, a socialistic uh, windmill farm type of lifestyle. <clears throat> and uh, and I said, well, you're a naturalist, right? And they went, what, what do you mean? I said, well, you're you're an atheist. He said, yeah. So you don't believe in God. He said, well, no. I said, so you believe in scientific naturalism. And he said, well, yeah, okay, yeah. And I said, well. So you believe that everything needs, that nature is just doing what it's doing. I said, right. And you believe in Darwinism. He says, right. So I said, well, by you criticizing humans for, for destroying the planet, you're contradicting yourself. And I get this great puzzled look. He's, what are you talking about? So, well, this is what humans do. If, we're, if everybody can, everyone can be natural, but humans, and you're saying humans aren't natural. And he says, well, wait, wait, wait. Humans have moral choice. I said, well, humans have moral choice. Because God, we're made in God's image. Christianity makes sense of that. Scientific naturalism doesn't. You're making an arbitrary distinction that doesn't fit your worldview. Your worldview would demand that humans just do whatever they want. How do you know that nature is not using humans to destroy something else? You're getting in a way of progress. You see. So if you give people the grand exemption and not make them stand on their own premises, you'll find that their points are always absurd. Do remember again the myth of neutrality. They're never neutral. And you never should be either. They want you to leave out biblical principles and call that intolerant or it's unfair or whatever. While they're standing on premises, they're stealing from Christianity. Tolerance. That's a Christian virtue. I need to be tolerant of your viewpoint when you disagree with me and not slug you in the face because I'm a sinner and you're a sinner. And ultimately, your judgment is left to God. I can share the gospel with you, but that's where I've got to end. I can't use force against you to make you a Christian or to make you agree with me. The Darwinists can't argue that. They have to argue from our premise, right? They say, well, it's unloving to criticize somebody who is a homosexual. So, well, first of all, that's an interesting distinction because by me saying I disagree with that, you're saying somehow that's a violation of the rights. Well, aren't you violating my rights by telling me you disagree with me? If disagreeing with somebody over a fervently held belief is somehow unloving and divisive, then you're doing the very same thing. Right, So, once again, their positions can never be consistently lived out. And what Christians end up doing, they haven't thought these things through, and they have been somewhat intimidated, is that they, they grant them the exemption. Don't grant the exemption. Make them state their premises. Make them stand on their ground. And you will find what the Bible calls the foolishness of man. Claiming to be wise, they become fools right? The foolishness of man. Where is the philosopher of this age? Where is the sage? They can't. They will seem very wise to you if you let them continue to talk in circles on a premise that they never, ever account for. So do remember, everything they say is arbitrary without God at the bottom of it. And it's always, it always has an unargued philosophical bias. They're always arguing from a philosophical premise that they will not argue for. Because they can't, because it doesn't make any sense. So if they borrow; they have to borrow ours in Christianity. So anyway, so I hope all of this helped about Christians are not intolerant. It's actually the the enemies of Christianity that are intolerant, and they have no ground. They have no intellectual, moral, philosophical foundation for why anyone should ever be tolerant for one another. They have to borrow that from Christianity, and only in Christianity can you really understand why we need to be tolerant of one another because of sin. I'm saved by God's grace. I get the imputed righteousness of Christ. I'm not righteous of my own on my own account. I have the righteousness of Christ through faith alone. How could that lead for me to be prideful? That's antithetical to human pride. Is that right? So no man, may, no man may boast. So a boastful, self-righteous Christian is a literal contradiction in terms. Second, do not be intimidated by the claim that you can't talk about the Bible with non-believers what else first of all what basis what moral standing and foundation provides for that viewpoint for, for that assertion and what else are you going to argue for that don't accept the neutrality that myth of neutrality don't do it they're neutral you shouldn't be you're not going to find one single thing in the scripture telling you oh yeah certainly you know um just presume God doesn't exist while you talk to people who don't believe God exists. Paul doesn't do that when he goes the Areopagus. He just assumes right from the get-go God's creator, and that's it. So, once again, I hope this is edifying and helpful and cleared up some things that, that might be you know impacting you negatively as you as you go through your life and you know you listen to the radio, or you're watching TV, or you're talking to people at work, and and you're in school or wherever you are in your life. But but don't fear, you know, fear not. Let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Jesus Christ is Lord, and he's Lord over everything. There's not a single part of creation, or education, or science, or sports, or anything over which the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't look at and say, mine. Right? Abraham Kuyper said that, so, well, of course, <clears throat> I don't think he said sports. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing. But anyway, hope this is very helpful for you. Remember, in, in all, if you haven't, check out check out the blog, whatsoevertrue.com, whatsoevertrue.com. Dot com and and there's a lot of stuff on there and hopefully it'll be just as edifying to you as this all right catch you guys next time